Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy, and I'll be your host. Today, I got a special guest coming in, talk about a little bit different subject than usual, which I'm really excited about. We both have some good things to share about uh, how we do things here and how our philosophies on sales and and growing and business development and how we go about that in our businesses and share that we do today. So, Steve, thanks for joining me. I'm excited to talk about what we're talking about today. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Good to be here, man. Excellent. So, as always, you know, I want to start off the show by having you introduce yourself. Tell us, you know, your story, what you do, and how you got to where you are helping attorneys. And and I want to throw up your website now, just early in the episode, so that people can go check you out in case they have to run. Below on your screen, yeah, it's fretzen.com. That's F-R-E-T-Z-I-N.com. If you're on audio, this F-R-E-T-Z-I-N.com. Go check out Steve, check out his website. He also has his own podcast, which is super helpful. I'm going to be recording with him soon as well to talk on his podcast. So uh, Steve, just again, appreciate you being here and tell us about yourself. Yeah. So the the background is interesting. It has nothing to do with legal. I'm not a lawyer. My background is, you know, essentially moving up the food chain of sales roles in my career. And I ended up in franchising, selling businesses all over the country And one of my jobs I absolutely loved was working with the business owner to help them grow sales. And in 2004, set up my own uh, sales coaching business called Sales Results Inc., which at the time was a brilliant name for a great company to essentially teach sales. And I came up with my methodology because I don't know about you, Kevin, but like I've always hated selling. I've hated being sold to. I've hated like the whole negative connotation with, with sales. And I came up with a philosophy after studying sales for many years and realizing we need a different way. And so I came up with sales free selling. It's also the title of my first book, which came out about 10 years ago, like in the last week. So just about 10 years. And the philosophy is so unique that you don't have to actually sell. There's no selling involved in the model. And so when 2008 hit, I started getting referred attorneys, attorney one, then two, then three, then a firm, then another. And it absolutely took off. And within about a year to 16 months, I looked at my numbers because I do that, right? As a good business owner should, that 80% of my business was lawyers and law firms. And I was like, holy mackerel, not by design at all. But what matched up was that lawyers don't learn business development or sales in law school, right? They don't learn it generally in the law firm level. Most lawyers have to learn it through trial and error. They have to learn it through just like, you know, years of making mistakes and selling and pitching and convincing. And, you know, they go on what are called pitch meetings and they do all that. And sometimes they get the business. Sometimes they don't get the business. And there's, there's all kinds of competition out there. So number one is they don't learn anything about this, you know, business development, growing a law practice. Number one, number two is lawyers love the idea that there's a methodology that they can follow that isn't winging it. That isn't just, you know, the seat of their pants and and flying by the seat of their pants. And that they can say, hey, step one, do this, say that. Step two, do this, say that. And by the way, you're walking a buyer through a buying decision so that it's a good fit and it's a mutual win-win than trying to stuff a round peg in a square hole or trying to convince pitch 
sell, solve. And the worst is free consulting. Lawyers are notorious for giving away their ideas, giving away uh, free consulting to the you know, the prospective clients that say, Hey, I want to work with you. I just need you to tell me everything I need to do to solve this problem and, you know, stay out of court or whatever. And then this lawyer thinks by doing that, they're winning the business. Well, what's happened is buyers have changed or especially over the last 15 years and they're to get free advice and free and to understand rates and comparing, you know, different people. And ultimately, you know, they may or may not decide to do it, but it runs the lawyer around in circles potentially for months in some instances or years thinking they're going to get the business they never actually do. So sales-free selling cuts to the core of how do we do it in the least amount of time with the least amount of friction and qualify people in or out so that we know we want to work with them. And, you know, Kevin, something that you and I talked about pre-show was how much we enjoy getting the business, but we also enjoy when we don't get the business, like sending someone to the right place. And so that's the beauty of something like this. If it's not a fit for me, well, let me still be a friend. Let me still, you know, be helpful to you and send you to people that I know would be valuable. And I know you do that. I love to do that too. No, hundred percent. And you know, we definitely see eye to eye on this subject and business development selling. I'm sales for my, my firm. Right. And so I don't have a full sales team. I used to, they're gone. Like I get rid of them basically because controlling what kind of clients come in the door and sales people are just like, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell. And it, it gets high pressure and we got all these pitch decks and all this crap. I've been there, done that. And the way I do sales now is very similar to what Steve is talking about and suggesting. You're not going in it to be like, oh, I'm on a sale and I'm going to win this or not. It's, I can have a sales meeting after this in five minutes with no preparation. I have a process. And so I have a sheet that I interview any prospect. And I welcome anyone to have one of these meetings with me because they're going to come out of it with a lot of information and a better understanding of where they are and where they need to go without me showing the metrics or showing SEO stuff or their website. It doesn't matter. None of that matters at this point. So it's, I ask a lot of detailed questions. I listen, I understand where they want to go. I don't assume with the end of that meeting, we know if I'm a fit for them and, and they know if I'm, you know, if we're a fit together and if it makes sense to even have another meeting. And if I know quickly that, Hey, we're probably not the right fit for you. No worries. I got, would you, you know, I can help you with uh, referring to this person or that person, all kinds of stuff. So I'm, they're going to leave with some good information and I'm going to help them. And I keep a list of those people I trust handy so that I can refer them to those folks. So it's no sales pressure. It's no nothing. It's honestly, it's very simple to do. Well, and, but for you and I that have been in the space and, and had to, you know, we've learned how to run an effective sales meeting or business development meeting whatever we want to call it, that took our time and our, took our, our efforts. It took us studying, you know, the world of sales and most lawyers are so integrated in the world of law and learning the law and practicing the law. They don't take the time to realize, Hey, there's something else I need to learn. And by learning something else like business development, time management, health and wellness, whatever it might be, you know, I'm going to end up being much more, much more successful than just being a great lawyer. I think, you know, it's like you could be a great doctor, but if no one's going to you, then you're not a great doctor because no one's doing, no one's, you know, doing surgery with you. It has to be a combination today more than ever, especially for, you know, managing partners that want to grow their law firms and be able to feed their people, lawyers that are partners that want to make equity, lawyers that are Mm -hmm. equity that want to move laterally because their firm just got bought or something's going on where they're just, they're not being supported with the current firm's platform, whatever it might be 
having a book of business, getting to that million, two, three, four million dollar book, you know, that's not on the minds of 90% of the lawyers that are out there. And it should be because ultimately that's where the freedom and control comes in. That's where decisions can be made, where you, your input is taken seriously. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of attorneys that come to me, unfortunately, Kevin, that are, you know, in their fifties and sometimes even early sixties. And they're like, you know, Hey, all this work dried up, this happened, that happened. They've got all these different things that are going on. And there's other, you know, lawyers that are in their thirties that should be doing it now. And they're not because they're just busy billing hours and they're not really thinking ahead to what the future may hold. And there's, I could go off on a tangent about all the things that the future may hold. <laughs> right. And again, I know it's not what they signed up for. Right. Like I don't, I, if I could have a hundred lawyers in a room and say, Hey, how many of you went into, you know, becoming a lawyer so you could go out and sell legal services. Right. I mean, not a hand <laughs> would go up and now they're being told, Hey, you know, this is kind of where the action is. And it's actually been around a long time. It's just not talked about very often or enough. No, hundred percent. And so in just a second, let's get into talking, like talking to them about what they can do and some of the things they can take action on and, you know, a process. One of the things you were saying, so also I've, I've thought to some attorneys, maybe weren't right fit for the show or I've interacted with in some of the big firms, like the firm gets leads and referrals and the, it ends up to that attorney. And so in some of these firms cases, they're not building their own network. They're not even having to. And so they go through just billing hours and they're doing what the firm brings in and then they leave or they want to go somewhere else. Then they, they don't have anything to take with them. They didn't go build a network. They didn't go, you know, schmooze people or build those relationships or join boards and, and get active in the community. So they have nothing to really take to the next place or they can't go off on their own. They have to like start from scratch. So I've definitely heard some of those stories, which less frequent, but yeah. I'm like, wow, like they didn't take any time to build up their network or I've Kevin, I have one attorney that told me today. he's, he's, he's working with me now and he's in my uh, sales free selling program. He told me, he says, I, I didn't even keep like database of the people that I've interacted with because I just figured if I needed them, I'd find them on the internet. So he doesn't even have like names and emails and people. I was like, Oh my God. So we're really starting at square one. It's, you know, it's just, it gets to the point where lawyers are going to find out either, you know, the easy way or the hard way that business development and marketing and personal branding are, you know, the keys to success in maybe not today, but in five years, 10 years, 15 years, it's absolutely going to, for some it is today because there are lawyers that want to move to a different firm and they, and I, I'm friends with, you know, 20 recruiters, legal recruiters. And if they don't have a book of business, the likelihood that they're going to get a job or get the right firm or the right job is, I don't want to say slim to none, but it's very close to that. Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you now back to the show. Well, they definitely, they're not going to enter in with like demanding what they want to get paid. They're going to be. They have no know, position have of power, power, no position of influence to get the, the job they want. And in most cases, you know, the, the recruiters won't even work with them. Meaning, you know, Hey, what's your book of business? Well, I really don't have one, you know, get one. Like that's going to be their advice. Talk to Steve. They're going to be like, I cannot, you're unplaceable to me, you know, to a, <laughs> to a recruiter. They just, they just, their firms want, 
half a million at the very, very minimum in portable business. Million is sort of the, the main number they're looking for and anything above that's gravy. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good point. So what, you know, and I think another thing too is like, even if you're, I talk to owners all the time, like, yeah, well, I'm just busy or they can't meet with me or like they're kind of tied to the desk, kind of, <clears throat> they have a couple of staff and they're running their own firm and they kind of go through like phases of, oh, I need marketing or I need this. And then they go, well, actually, I'm busy, so I don't need it. Okay, oh, I'm busy, uh, you know, and they're just yeah. like, where do you want to be in a year, two years, three, five years from now? Like, you got to do something now. And so if you don't have, if you're not good at business development sales, you got to get started. You can't just, you're not going to be awesome overnight. You have to have a process to follow, systems to follow. And then it starts, I swear, it starts to become easy. And you're like, oh, yeah, I can talk to you right now. It's not, I used to prep, man. We used to have sales meetings and we would prep and we'd like put all this stuff together and like try to figure out how we're going to close or sell this deal. And if the first meeting didn't go well, like we were, we're not going to win. And so we got to, let's drop the price. I mean, it was all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. And that's completely the different, I mean, so different from what we do now. It's, it's right. insane. Yeah. But again, it's your, you've learned some valuable lessons and that could be about, you know, salespeople and managing a team. It could be about, you know, having a sales process that is, you know, more walking a buyer through a buying decision than actually selling and how to control that meeting. And, and uh, the, the word that I think is missing too is qualify. I think that's, that's where, you know, like you can ask all the questions in the world and I can tell you, I've got every problem in the world that needs to be solved and you may have the solutions, but maybe I'm not the right decision maker. Maybe I don't have the money. Maybe I'm not really, you know, serious as you think I am. And yeah. just because I have a need doesn't mean I'm committed to solving for that need. So I try to teach, you know, a whole list of steps for how to, you know, develop a relationship from, to build trust right off the, out of the gate. How do we establish control through mm -hmm. agenda setting? right? Setting an agenda for, here's what's going to happen in this meeting. Are you okay with that? And it's going to revolve around me asking questions, not me giving you legal advice. And you don't have to say that, but like, you know, it's the idea that, that, Hey, let's make this about you because that's the diagnosis that's going to lead to the prescription. We don't want to put the, the prescription first, right? Yep. We just we thought about, about that. that. Again. Yeah. So prescription <laughs> before diagnosis is malpractice. Then how do we move into discovery, which is where we ask all those questions. And here's the thing, like I think about an iceberg, Kevin, You've got, you know, most people, if they ask any questions at all, you know, how many leads are you getting a month? What is your average cost, you know, of acquisition? What is, all these questions, they're all at the surface of that iceberg. They're not below the water. They're the only 10, 15, 20% above the water. How it's, how do we take the questions? What's the cause of that problem? What is that problem, you know, costing you? How is it impacting you and your business? What happens if that doesn't change, right? And there's all these questions that lead not to like a more emotional type of response. And as yeah. we all may, may or may not know, you know, emotion is what drives urgency and how urgency does that impact your family? How right. does it impact your family? Absolutely. I mean, I'm dealing with people that are making 300,000 a year, right? That sounds great. 300,000 a year. Most people would hear that and go, that's wonderful, but they don't have any money. I mean, all between their um, law school bills and their mortgage and the three kids and mm -hmm. Everything yeah, they've got going on. High expensive, uh, expensive. Yeah, area. I mean, people that make three hundred. Guess what? They're paying three hundred to live. You know, when they make three hundred. So you don't really know. So what we have to do is we not only have to qualify that there's urgency to change, but we also need to understand: Am I dealing with the right person that's going to ultimately make this decision? Right? Because people are layering up with decision makers. Oh, the CEO mm -hmm. isn't. You think the CEO is the decision maker? CEO 
you know, could be under the board. CEO could be moved around by the CFO who's protecting the CEO from making another bad investment. I mean, there's all kinds of situations there, you know, what's their financial capacity to pay? I mean, I had a client, I started with six years, six, six months ago, and I knew that he was in a startup situation and I go, Hey man, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to like pay for this? Because you're just starting out. I know you've got bills to pay. I don't want to take food out of your kids' mouths. Like you need to convince me that this is going to work and that you're going to be able to afford what I'm providing for you. And he had to like really work through, like he's going to get money from his dad. He's going to do this. Like he had a whole plan of how he was going to put it together. But I needed to hear that because Which otherwise- the any other salesperson would do, right? Yeah. Most people they just assume they have the money program. and then they say, hey, this is great. Kevin, everything you've said, Kevin, is great. I want to work with you. Give me a couple of weeks. I just got to get some ducks in a row and I'll call you back. And you never hear from that person again. And you can email them. You can call them. It doesn't matter. They are going to ghost you because it's embarrassing to tell someone I don't have the money. So let's yeah. qualify. Let's make sure there's a great fit. And then only then do we present, not even solutions, but like present like how we're going to work together and how this is going to play out. And you know, cause we both agree it's a good fit. Like that's a much more natural, comfortable way to run like a business development or sales meeting, them grilling you about your firm and your pedigree and where'd you go to college and, and what's your rates and how are you going to solve this? And here's my problem and tell me what you're going to do and what's your, what's your strategy. And you're just laying it all out. You know, that's a terrible approach because what have you done? You've learned nothing. You understand nothing and you've learned nothing and you've given everything. So tell me how that's, you know, we said like my arm hurts. I go to the doctor. The doctor says, oh, your arm hurts. He will take these pills or I'll cut even better. Let's just cut off your arm. You don't need that arm anyway. Well, that's a terrible prescription. So what would a good doctor do? Well, that's what lawyers need to learn is they need to learn how to have the bedside manner and how to be a good doctor and how to properly diagnose. And that isn't being taught anywhere. That's why I've set up essentially my own school to help lawyers learn the soft skills of sales-free selling because once you learn it, you have it, then you've got it. And for the rest of your career, you know, you're essentially saving time and making money and never feeling bad about, you know, or, or feeling like you have to chase after people. Once you kind of dip into it and start doing it, you'll never want to sell the other way again. No, you don't feel bad. You don't feel good to you. You don't feel like you're doing that. Like you always feel like you're just like, I don't know, doing a, a disservice. And so it's rampant in my, my world for sure. Hey, Steve. We do all the stuff that you think you need and we can sell it to you in a package. Here's the pricing, right? So there's no analysis. There's no diagnosis, nothing. And so for you attorneys listening out there, like the relationship that you build and the trust by asking them questions, listening, taking notes and like, Hey, what's he writing down? Hey, by the way, I'm, I'm taking notes. I want to know all this stuff about you. I, I care to understand what, what you have going on. And in the legal situations, right, it could be divorce or state planning or personal injury case, whatever. Tell me about this situation and, and you ask the right questions. And if they go to three other firms to get consultations, you're going to stand out because I, all right, that, that gentleman there, he, he took the time. He cared about what I had going on. He really figured out my whole situation. They're, you're going to put, just going to put you in a different bracket. Just no doubt. Kevin, let me give you a great analogy. So let's say I go to see a therapist, okay? And I go to see this therapist and I sit down in her office and she says, look, I'm a Harvard, you know, PhD. You know, these are all my degrees. Here's all my, you know, letters after my name. And here's why I'm such a grin. She's just selling, selling to me why she's the therapist that I should work with. All these awards. 
Yeah. And I leave her office. I'm impressed. I mean, I am impressed. Okay. Uh, there's nothing that, that, that didn't impress me in that office, but I'm going to go talk to another therapist because I promised myself I was going to talk to two. The second one I go to says, Hey, Steve, grab a seat. You know, nice to meet you. You know, um, I think I know, you know, you're friends with your sister and she says great things about you. You got this cool business. Okay, cool. And so tell me, why'd you come to see me? All right. So starts asking me questions. You know, my dad's been kind of on my case and you know, I've always had daddy issues and I'm just kind of like trying to figure out like what to do. Well, okay. Tell me more about that. What's been going on. All right. So 50 minutes later, you know, the tissue box is in my lap. I'm bawling my eyes out. My father never loved me, whatever it might be. Okay. I'm, I'm goofing a little bit here. And at the end of that, I feel like a weight's been lifted because I was able to share and connect with someone to tell them what's really going on in my world and how it's been impacting me. And then I say at the end of that, at the end of that 50 minutes, because that's all you get is, um, you know, I feel so much better, Kevin, for, for sharing this with you. And I, I just, I can't thank you enough. And you know what, um, you know, next week I'm going to go find someone else to talk to. I'm going to start all over. I mean, nobody would do that. When you find that connection, that understanding, that therapist connection with somebody, you don't, you hold, my sister's a therapist, by the way, people hold on to her like grim death. I mean, she does not lose clients. They stay with her forever. Okay. And some of them she has, for, she's a terrible business person, by the way. So she forgets to like raise rates. So like she's charging like over well over 200 an hour. And she still has some people that are well under a hundred an hour because she's just like, well, I, you know, they started with me 10 years ago. I'm like, oh my God, the point. So it's not so much about, you know, your pedigree and nobody even asks if you went to Harvard anymore, they don't care. Okay. People want to know in, that you care about them and that you understand, they want to feel understood that doesn't happen through selling, pitching, and convincing. So that therapy example, I think, works really well in the analogy of sales-free selling and what we're trying to train lawyers to do or not do. <laughs> or not to, yeah. Not so to, and, yeah. And it took me, I sort of, I ran my business since, so it's not like I was not used to selling. Like I had to sell every day. I had to go get new business and, and all that stuff. And it's only the last few years that I've really done things this way completely threw out the pitch deck. There's pitch a book too. Uh, I used to have a pitch binder. That was, that was how I sold franchises was a pitch binder. Let me tell you about the company. This is how great we are. This is where we are in the franchise 500. It's not the way to go today. No, it's just not. And, and so it took me many years though, to get to the point where I'm at. And there's actually another good book out there called win without pitching right in line with what you're saying. It's just so wrong to do. And once you kind of flip to this, this model, and mine's not the same as yours, of course, but we, we have very similar kind of processes, I believe. I'm excited to learn more about yours exactly and how I can improve. And maybe I can show you some things. I don't know, but it's such a better way to do it. And once you do it, you won't go back. Yeah. And, and so I, I, again, I, I'm not, you know, it's not a pitch for, you know, people to come to me to learn this, although they certainly could. I would say become a student of the game. You know, you, you're mentioning books, you know, I've got books, there's podcasts like Be That Lawyer, which is my podcast where I'm interviewing, you know, I'm friends with most of the coaches, the top coaches around the country. I leverage them for content because they're smart people. They've figured out, they've got their own angles and ways of doing it. I don't care how someone learns it. I'm just saying that they need to, they need to start being, taking it very seriously that, that this is the next evolution. When I mentioned, I wasn't going to say this, but like, you know, why should lawyers start to get more? Well, you've got, you know, AI, you've got non-lawyer owned law firms, right? That are starting to happen in yeah, certain states. That's, that's not going away. That's just going to, that's going to explode. You know, you've got increased competition, you know, more people that are, you know, that are your pedigree that are going out on their own. 
right? So now they can be more competitive with their rates. You're still at 850 an hour. Now they're the same exact lawyer as you, but they're at, you know, 550 and they can do that all day because their overhead's nothing. I mean, the list goes on and on of like where this is all headed. So it's, it's just, it's just about, you know, books, podcasts, videos, you know, social media, whatever it is, any way you can learn, you know, taking stock of the fact it's, it's an important part of, of the legal world now. hundred percent. You, you got to stand out. Like you have to, again, if you're within a firm, you want to move up, then you have to bring something to the table. What are you bringing? Are you increasing your book, right? Are you, you're bringing in new sales. If you want to go on your own, well, you certainly need to understand this stuff and be able to do it and, and teach others below you how to do it. Obviously you can reach out to Steve, reach out to me. I'll connect you with Steve or whoever. We're all here to help. Um, and of course, you know, if you want more marketing, like that's what we do and, and you can't close and you don't know how to sell, then that's not a good mix. Like you, the firm needs to, or you need to be able to close the deals at a good rate and bring in the right clients at the same time. And the, the kind of what we're talking about allows you to do both of those things. Keep the clients that you don't want out and bring the ones that you do in and they, they come in with the right expectation and mindset and they're going to be a great client. And at the same time, because of the, the trust you built and the time you spent, you know, I can sign a client that wants you to sign today. I've had clients like, hey, Kevin, this is what I want. I want to sign today. Like, okay, well, slow down. I don't even know if we want to work with you yet, you know? So it's yeah. it's like anti-sales. You just kind of said that a minute ago, like, can you afford me or can you really afford me? Like, that's the worst thing a salesperson would ever think to say. Like, no, they, don't say that. Just have them sign. Yeah, but I think yeah. we get into trouble, right? It's usually the psychopath client that, just wants to sign real fast before before you realize and the ether wears off that you shouldn't be working with them. So I think the the word of the day for business development is fit. You know, our job is to qualify that, you know, our clients are a fit and that they're going to work within our system. They're going to work well with us. They're not going to disrupt and be rude and start insulting my team, whatever it might be. And they have the money to pay us. There's all these qualifiers. And are we a good fit for them? Again, it has to be a two-way street. And that's not the sales of old. I mean, I was, I, I had some of the roughest sales managers, Kevin, you could ever imagine. I mean, get the check and run, like get it in the bank. Like, don't look back, right? Like, don't take no for an answer. Sick. I had, a, I used to work for the yellow pages back in the nineties. Even for those under, uh, under 35 years old, yellow pages is how we used to find lawyers. Okay. Just saying. And the rule was still you, in there and still pay for it. There you go. I mean, you, you had, a, I had to hear no six times before I could like, like hang up. Like it was, they had rules about like taking no for an answer it was not an option. Right. Cause they, this is hardcore sales today. If you tried that, man, Oh my God, you know, you, you'd have the worst Yelp reviews or, you know, people would be writing about you on every social media and destroying your business. So I think, I think we need to find, you know, there needs to be a, a way of, of dealing with growing business where we can all feel good about and that we can all feel it's a noble you know, noble like the law, noble in solving people's problems. That's really how it should feel. And 100%. I think all this builds on itself. So imagine if I, hey, Steve, I got the right price for you. Limited time only. I can sign you today. If you sign right now, we'll cut your price down by this much and blah, blah, blah. I sign here, blah, blah. Versus the other way. We might take a few different meetings, take some time. I really figure you out. You're, Man, I really like this guy. He really has dug deep in my business. He's the only one that's taken the time to ask real questions about me. You know, I had to wait a couple of days. We had to meet a couple of times. I feel truly good about the fit and I'm excited now to move forward. What does that do for your referral 
and other relationships that person that you just signed goes and talks about you. Oh, you, you, these guys are different. You gotta, you gotta talk to them. If you, if your marketing has failed in the past, they're going to figure out why, how, and, and maybe they'd be a good fit for you too. So it's, it doesn't just change, you know, that prospect you're talking to it changes, you know, they're going to be out there talking about you. They're going to have the best yeah. experience possible. So it's, it, it, it just builds on itself completely. That does. It does. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the, uh, the idea that you're starting your, your branding and you're starting the way people feel about you from the first, you know, the time they see your website to the time they speak with you, the sign with you, the work you're doing together. Mm -hmm. And if the good, if they're having a great experience from, from the beginning all the way through the likelihood that they're going to refer you. And, you know, by the way, I teach people how to ask nicely for referrals so that it doesn't feel forced and also doesn't have to just happen, you know, through magic, but the likelihood that they're going to feel good about referring you and wanting to get you in front of more people goes up, you know, exponentially. So that it all, it's all a part of, you know, the authentic you that you either are or that you should be and uh, running a good system that makes everybody feel good is going to be, is going to win the day much more than. hundred percent. I think one thing you said there too, is for everyone listening is there is a system, there's a process. So you don't just remember to ask for a referral. Like Steve's probably got, there's a point in time. Here's when you ask, here's how you ask. Don't just rely on, well, I'll just be a good lawyer. Magically, people will just refer me. But when you know you have that good relationship, you signed on the client, you help them out. They love you to death. You had a great relationship. And you know there's a timely place, a time and a place to say, hey, is there anyone else you know that I could help that's like you? Think about this. So I have people going through about an eight month. So I run two different programs. I run a sales training and coaching for lawyers. Okay. Sales free selling. Yeah. And then I run some peer advisory groups. And for either of those, what I try to do is not only make sure they're getting results and that they're happy and things are going in a positive direction. I also try to make three to five introductions for them or something of value for them along the way. So I'm basically, and I do that, you know, just naturally now at this point, but think about it. Then when it gets into five months, four or five months, they're in with me and they're just ecstatic. They're locking up more business in less time. They're just super happy. How hard is it for me to ask them to say, Hey, are there other lawyers I should be talking to? You know, I've been through your LinkedIn. Can we talk through a few names? And they go, of course, a hundred percent. I would introduce yeah. you to anybody. Think about if you didn't do those things, right. Then it's going to be a much more challenging ask and a much more, you know, sort of unreasonable ask. And maybe why some lawyers aren't going to ask, you know, they just don't feel right about it. So I think there's a, there's a proper way to do things. That's going to get you long-term and better results than others. Again, all, all learned skills. None of this is, you know, it's like, I wasn't like pushed out of the womb and started, you know, here's how you get an introduction <laughs> from a client, right? My, my mom would be like, who is this weird child? Right. So. Yeah. I, I did the wrong way for a long time. Again, this is uh now I see the light and it's only been the last couple of years and I'm still, still working on it. Yeah. But one of the, you know, to add to that too, is if you just bring on clients, however, you can get them in the door and you're not maybe doing a good job and they weren't the right fit. So they're not having the best experience and you never really set the expectations. You didn't qualify. And, and then you don't even want to ask them for a referral. Oh yeah. We can't ask him for a referral. He'll probably give us a bad review on Google. So like, you don't want to have a, a client base like that. No, you want every single one of them. 90% of the time, you know, if I bring them in, right, they're going to give me a referral without question. Yeah. And there's a recipe. There's a recipe for it for sure. It's not by accident. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it, there's a recipe for how 
you build long lasting, loyal clients. There's a recipe for how you get introductions. There's a recipe for, you know, how, you know, hire and retain people. I mean, every, everything has a recipe and it's just about how the lawyer or the managing partner executes on that recipe to get the proper outcome, right? If I'm throwing beans and meat and spices into a pot and I'm expected to make blue ribbon state fair chili for the first time, right? I'm not following a recipe. Yeah, it's going to come out like crap. So we, we, we have to consider, and even by the way, even when you do follow a recipe, it might taste good. That doesn't mean it's going to win the blue ribbon at the state fair. So what do we have to taste and change and improve? And that's what business, that same thing with practicing the law. That's what I call practicing, right? You keep getting mm-hmm. better and better and better in business development. It's all about making mistakes, learning from the mistake, improving and going at it again, making less mistakes and less mistakes till eventually it just becomes like uh, a 20 year trial attorney who goes through it. Like it's nothing where a first year is like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? It just gets easier, but you have to have the recipe and you have to keep making improvements. And, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, it's not rocket science. And, and it comes with experience. So like, we'll sit down there once in a while and we'll go through like me and my business partner. Hey, uh, I got this interview sheet. Hey, I think we should ask this one question. And it might be because, Hey, we had a client come in and, this wasn't explained right, or we didn't know this. Okay, maybe we should start asking this question up front. Okay, cool. Let's add that, right? And then I'll get into it, and I'll be like, ah, that's a weird question to ask right now. I'm not doing that. And so I'll come back and be like, hey, that, that, that was weird, so I changed it. Or I'll go through and say, what questions do I tend to maybe skip sometimes that I just think they're inappropriate or just not right? And then I'll, I'll put a question mark, and then we'll rework it and say, yeah. I want to know this information, but I want a better way to ask them. And so yeah. I've improved this thing probably 20 times, you know? And so, Hey, Kevin, uh, you want to make it's... it 21? I'm going to give you a question. Okay, let's go. Are you ready for it? All right. This is the, the I'm going to call it the question because it is far and away the best question that could be asked in any client intake interview, you know, someone that's, you know, dealing with a prospective client. So you've asked a lot of your background questions. You understand their business, understand what they're looking to do. You get all that, you know, background stuff down and it gets to a point where you say, all right, so, so let's say it's around, uh, it's around business development for a lawyer. And I would say, all right, so Kevin, you obviously as a lawyer, you're looking to, to, to grow business with regards to business, your business development efforts, what are your greatest challenges, frustrations, and concerns? So I then zip my lip and I wait. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking for you to say, I'm not networking effectively. I'm not, I'm struggling with how to spend my time. I really, I'm, I'm, you know, meeting with, with lots of prospects. I'm not locking them up. The goal is I want to get three to five answers from you. And that's Mm -hmm. going to be the basis of the rest of our meeting. It's going to be focusing on those three to five answers. If I don't ask that question and I don't get that multiple choice or that list of three to five, what's the meeting going to be about? When we run out of, if I run out of things to ask you, then you're going to turn around and say, Hey, Steve, tell me about you. I don't want you to turn around and say, tell me about you. I want the entire <laughs> engagement to be about the perspective. So let's put it in a lawyer's world. So let's say I'm a yep, labor yep. and employment. I'm a labor and employment attorney. You're a general counsel of a 50 per uh, 50 person, you know, company. I'm meeting with you and I say, all right, we've had our time together. And I say, you know, Hey, Kevin. So I appreciate you giving me some background, you know, so as a, you know, as it relates to, you know, your people and, and the employment law and all that, what are the you know, top two or three, four challenges, frustrations, concerns that you're having? 
And then you would respond and say, well, you know, we've got these lawsuits that are coming in. We've got people that are feeling discriminated against. We've got, all right, whatever you get three to five of those on the table, you're going to have an incredible sure. robust conversation because there's a lot of meat on the bone. There's a lot of potential pain and fear and angst in those answers. Okay. And what if you say, no, no, everything's great. Nothing's, nothing's wrong. You poke, you poke it and there's just nothing. Then why are we meeting? You know, like help me yeah, understand. Well, why are we here today? <laughs> well, someone said you're a nice person. I should meet you. Okay. Well then we can have that kind of relationship meeting, but it isn't a prospect meeting at that point. So yeah, that's the goal is to try to get, to try to get someone to give you what's really going on. I mean, that's, that's what we're ultimately looking for is honesty. And we're looking for that information. That's going to then drive the deeper questions that you and I know, why is this happening? Tell me more about it. How is this impacting you and your family? What happens if this doesn't change? Like there's a lot of much deeper questions that are going to relate to driving emotion and driving urgency to change. In your world, just as an example, if you're finding out from me that I've spent, you know, $5,000 a month for the last 10 years, I'm getting almost no leads. I'm getting no reporting. I'm getting no feedback. I'm only doing this because this is what I was told I have to do. You could pick at that for probably 45 minutes and get me, you know, into tears like I was with that fake therapist, you know, story earlier because I've just blown uh, it for sure. Right. Cause it's not just the money I've spent, right. It's the opportunity cost of all the leads I should have had that I didn't because I have a crap agency working for me. That's just taking my money and not giving me any kind of improvements to get to the next level. That's a skill. That's a learned skill again, but that's at the heart of, of how lawyers are going to convert someone to say, Hey, I've been with this other law firm for 10 years, but I'm going to leave them and come on with you and your more money but I'm going to do it because I'm now trust and believe that you're going to be a better fit for me to get me to the next level or that you're going to work great with my, you know, it helps solve legal problems for my company. No, hundred percent, hundred percent spot on. And actually one of the questions on my sheet right here, after I figure out like the revenue, their goals and what their average clients were. So I can kind of tie a number to it. So say they said, yeah, I'm spending 5,000 a month and I'm not getting leads. Okay. Well, you just said each deal is worth, $20,000 to you. All right. So already, I guess in your goals, yeah, they're here, feeling it. They're feeling it. Yeah. And so I can say, well, so you're, and you're trying to get to, you're at 1.5, you're trying to be at two by the end of the year. That's six months from now. How are you tracking? Are you not on track? Okay. What are three to five things holding you back or challenges that you're faced with that's stopping you from getting there? Yeah. And so that's great. That's the exact question on my sheet. Yeah. And then I'll look. Good one. And we do, I just listen to them. And it could be all kinds of stuff. Well, we can't find attorneys. There's some things I might not be able to help them with. But that's the thing. I go outside of marketing and I learn all about their business. Like hiring's a problem. They can't find good attorneys. Okay, that's a problem I can't help them with, but maybe better marketing, maybe a better website. Maybe things could maybe, you know, help in that area. But I'm there to figure out how I can help them. And if there's nothing I can help them with, we can shut down the meeting early and say, hey, you know what? I think you'd be a great referral for Steve, because you're not really at the place where I can help you. And the struggle that lawyers are going to have with asking questions and trying to go through some form of a bloodletting exercise or discovery or whatever we want to call it, is that they're so conditioned to solve problems. Like I could get in a room full of a hundred attorneys. Like on the floor, say, raise, your like, oh, if, <laughs> raise your hand if you're a problem solver, a hundred hands would go up like immediately. That's their favorite thing to do. And, you know, it's, it's like, so when we get into a business meeting like this, 
they're, they're going to tell you, all right, we have a lawsuit and it's, it's, it's ripping us apart. And then the lawyer is going to want to solve. Here's what we want to do about that lawsuit. Here's how we want to handle it. They're going to want to get in there and dig in and claw, mm. put their claws into the meat and they're going to want to sink it in. I'm training lawyers almost like breaking a horse. We have to stop solving problems and giving free advice. And that's one of the hardest things for lawyers to understand that it actually is hurting their chances of getting the business. They think it's that it's helping them. It's not. What we want to do is we want to get the problems. We want to take them as deep as they can go. So we, they feel totally understood. And then after we've qualified that this is really a good fit, then we can start to talk about maybe trying to solve for the pain or solving for the problems, but they're doing it so early in the meeting that as soon as they start doing that, then the prospect keeps asking more questions and more questions. Now the meetings turn to it being about me, the lawyer, for example, instead of it being about the prospective client. And that's where things go off the rails. So I'm really training lawyers in some way to ask questions, listen, empathy, and then ask more questions, like stay in that mindset. And it isn't that you can't share the answers. It's more about when, not if you're going to share answers, but it's not going to happen in the beginning or the middle of the meeting. It's going to happen at the end, just like at the end of a doctor's meeting, we're going full circle now, Kevin, that's when the prescription would happen at the end of the doctor visit, not in the middle. Let's get it right. you right before you leave, right? A doctor, that's when they write you the script and they hand it to you and they go, all right, go and get this pill or surgery, right? It's coming. And that's the last thing they tell you. And you go, oh my God, just a few of the things that I'm working with lawyers on, but so critical to their success. And by the way, not wasting time. I mean, that's the other thing is time is limited. And when you don't have a good process, you just waste a tremendous amount of time chasing the wrong people, bringing in the wrong clients, getting nickel and dime, and uh, not really being happy with, you know, who you're, who you're working with. A hundred percent. And then I move some of my questions up a little further because I might not spend as much time with them. And I know they're not a fit based on a couple of questions. And so I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste my time. And so the, the faster I can say, Hey, okay. Based on a couple of questions, just, you know, based on what we just talked about, it appears, you know, like you're probably not a fit for what we're doing. And that's okay. You know, I got some other folks I can refer you to. It looks like you need this or that. <clears throat> and they appreciate it. They get their time back. I get my time back. Hopefully I refer them and they, they do some business with someone else. And they might come back and say, hey, now I'm ready for you. But or just think of you for someone else. Like, hey, you know, I didn't need you, but you were so kind and so gracious. And I've got a friend that has, you know, that's going through a terrible divorce or might be going through a divorce. And you're the first person I thought of. Well, you know, pay it forward. Building karma works. A hundred percent. So I would definitely give it to Steve. If you're not sure like where to start with this kind of stuff, you need to build more business. Uh, you're trying those old techniques or, you know, you just hate or no, or no having, tech or no techniques, Kevin, right? There's no, no techniques. It's just whatever they've always done. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever you came up with. And maybe, yeah. uh, you know, someone that said, here's how I do it. And they, they told you that 20 years ago, you need to have a system process. It should be effortless once you, you know, start to practice it. And just like anything, you, you got to do it over and over again. <clears throat> and then you'll start to find your own little modifications and improvements. You can take whatever me and Steve do and probably do better uh, if you put your put your time into it. So it's been a life changer for me, for sure, for how we, we operate our company. Well, and it allowed you to get rid of your sales team and focus on just handling <clears throat> the high function of sales yourself and not having to deal with managing a bunch of nudniks that, you know, are just going to, you know, <laughs> drive you up the wall. I had three or four, I think, full time at one time. So yeah, you know, it's 
it's not how we want to represent ourselves in the market. I think either like I want to be desired and viewed as an expert. If you can't establish that and trust, right? You don't have much time to establish that, but your brand, your marketing, that has to work to establish those things. And so when they enter in, how they enter in is kind of, they've already have a, you know, they have a perception of what they're getting into. If you have a screaming commercial online about how you can get people money and stuff like that, they, they, they come in with a different perception than in, if you're referred or viewed as the expert. So I would get with Steve. If you don't know how to get with Steve, get with me. If you want, ask me questions, I'm happy to share books, whatever. Uh, Steve, what is your book again uh, that you held up? Yeah, the book that I held up is my first book, uh, 10 Years Last Week, uh, Sales-Free Selling. It's still as valuable today as it was 10 years ago. It's about, uh, it's actually written as a parable. So it's Dan, the lawyer, and meets a coach named Scott, you know, hint, hint, it's me. And, you know, they they work together to help him, you know, resolve the issues he has, which is, as we discussed, didn't never, didn't become a lawyer to go into business development and, and legal. And ultimately his hours get cut and he needs to start making some tough decisions. And one of them is to hire the coach. And so then, you know, he's in this class, a weekly class, very similar to what I run every week. And, and so check that out. Sales free selling. In fact, I can give away a free copy. It's uh fretson.com slash sales dash free dash selling. And you can pick up okay. a free ebook. Uh, just do that. Well, we're going to do uh Steve too. And if you're watching this live, which right now we're recording, not live, we'll put the link in the comments. So we'll have that link down here, uh, linked in the episode. If anyone needs that or connect with Steve, just let me know. You can DM me or him probably on LinkedIn. So yeah, check Steve's out. Check out his website. In that spot, you're not growing your practice or your or your your book of business. Odds are you just you've never been taught this stuff. You don't come out of law school knowing how to do this. And so uh, I'd say it's worth every penny to invest in yourself and and, and take the next step to to learn these things. So Steve, anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? Just letting people know, I only do two things. I do the, the business development coaching and training for individual lawyers that are interested in getting dramatic growth. I also currently run four peer advisory roundtables for leaders, so law firm leaders and managing partners and equity partners and folks that are doing well with their business development, their marketing, but they want to keep their foot on the pedal. They want to be in a small group, confidential environment to talk shop and solve problems and share best practices. I bring in amazing top level guest speakers into these groups. And uh, if they're interested in either of those, again, just go to fretson.com and check it out and happy to you know talk with anybody that's interested in either of those programs. Excellent. I'll just, I'll add to that by saying peer groups, masterminds, whatever you want to call them, especially if they're others in your same field industry, priceless. Uh, just being able to have those conversations. I know for me, uh, you know, we've been part of many groups, uh, entrepreneurs organization, is a great group out there, but as a business owner, or in this case, attorney, and maybe also a business owner, who do you, who do you talk to? Do you go home and talk to your wife about it or your spouse about it? Or most of the times they can't really see or relate to that. So it's having that outlet to say, Hey, I'm having this problem or I can't close this deal or my process here has got a hole in it or, you know, whatever it may be. It's awesome to have that that conversation with people that understand what you're going through and hopefully you can help them. Maybe you've done something they haven't done. And so it's just a great sharing experience. So I would say hundred percent on that. Awesome. Well, cool. Everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to talk about business development sales. Honestly, it's it feels so simple to me because I've been doing it for a while, get a process and system in place, talk with Steve, 
if you don't want to go direct to Steve, talk to me. I'll connect you. And there's just there's tons out there. So if if you're so low level, you know, you want to start from scratch, there, there's stuff out there. There's some great books you can look at. But just look at your process now for business development if you have one. And you've got to work to improve it. Where you want to be in the next couple of years? It's going to make a big difference. So, Steve, thanks so much for sharing what you thanks, know. Kevin. Awesome, man. And all about you. Go check Steve out. If you got any comments or questions, put those down in the comments. Me or Steve will, will get back to you on those. And have a great day. Go out there and grow your book. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests, and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.